podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap in association with Redsbet. Redsbet, where half of their profits uh, go to fan-related causes uh, and fan-related media. Uh, they are part of Fans Bet as well. Uh, this is the Anfield Wrap after Liverpool were beaten quite badly, three goals to nil by Napoli. We'll talk a tiny little bit about that, but we're going to start talking about the bigger picture of everything that people have seen through pre-season and the wider ideas. We're going to have a chat about transfers or the lack thereof. Uh, we may well get stuck into one or two other things as well surrounding the club at the moment, and it's a big week leading into the Charity Shield. I have with me uh, Adam Melia, uh, Dan Austin, Ian Ryan, and Chloe Bloxham to talk about all of these matters. So let's get stuck in first and foremost. And It's only pre-season, Chloe. It's right to say it's only pre-season. Uh, that's the way it works. But it is worth pointing out that Liverpool not winning uh, a number of pre-season games now back-to-back is... It's understandable that people start going, mm, not great this, lads. Yeah, it is. I, I remember watching LFC TV at the start of pre-season and what they said was um, in America that, you know, you can go on a run of wins and you can keep that going, but you can just do a run of losses as well. It's very easy to, to get into the rhythm of continuously losing and that's what we need to stop doing. Um, it's not you know, a crisis because it is pre-season, we haven't got our best players back, the team's getting fitness still, but there is a worry considering, you know, the lack of cover we have in some areas and the fact that we're going into the Charity Shield against the the greatest team in the Premier League apart from us, which is a bit of a problem when we've, we've lost like the last four. But um, I don't think, I think when the season starts, we'll be better. Um, I, I don't think it's, it, it, it's as much of a worry as people are thinking about. But at the same time, I do think that, you know, I understand where everyone's frustrated with the lack of signings and frustrated with the, the fact of we've gone into this pre-season off the back of a Champions League win and it, it, it looks so far from that team that, you know, the unrecognisable at times. Ian Ryan, there's, there's, a, there's a point here where Chloe says unrecognisable, where what was difficult to watch against Napoli was the shape got worse as it mm. wore on and you can maybe make that point in a couple of the games that it's not this isn't a matter necessarily just of cutting edge I think there are other factors in play and I think cutting edge is one of them I think having a genuine threat in the front and in, in, in the final third pins teams back a little bit more but Liverpool were getting broken on I thought far too easily against Bradford the shape didn't look quite right then and it just this, the, my worry's not, you know, we'll have a chat in a minute about strength and depth, and I understand why people are worried about that, but my worry's more, there just looks to be a little bit of degradation in terms of what we're good at. We're less good at the things that we're normally good at, and it, that can't be as simple as saying, well, just have three better lads up front. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think, you know, the manager's tone has changed quite considerably over the last couple of games. I think he's seeing a lot of stuff he's not happy with. Um, I think... Obviously, references the fact that he's missing his front three, and he's missing Kaiser, and he's missing Jakiri, and that's going to have a huge impact on any team, um, because even the likes of your midfield players aren't going to look as as good when they haven't got those front three in front of them. So I think there's that. Um, but you're right, Neil. I think the big worry would be how easy it appears to be to suddenly break onto this Liverpool team. There's gaps absolutely everywhere, uh, and some of that might just be rustiness, and it might be things like again, you know, I've mentioned some of those. Big hitters in terms of attack and play that are missing. But Alison Becker not being there is huge as well. So I think from a defensive point of view, that's not really helping anyone. Um, you know, Milne, you know, he does his best, but he's he's playing a different game. And I think that's that's having an impact. So 
I'm not hugely concerned about the results in pre-season because it is all about fitness. It's about shape. It's about formation. It's about getting that right ahead of City and ahead of Norwich. So I'm not massively concerned. Um, but I think the manager will be a little bit worried about what he's seeing. But I think all of a sudden you get some of those those big hitters back, um, and it looks a it looks a completely different team. And I think you know that's all where that's also kind of working towards at the minute you get Salah back and you get Firmino back probably on Wednesday for maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes. Then you start to see Mane come back into the fold and he probably won't be available for, for maybe the Norwich game, but you'll see him shortly after that. I think Shakiri and Keita are now back in training as well. So it can quickly start to look very different. But I think there's no doubt, you know, the manager won't have been impressed with what he saw against Napoli on on Sunday night. It's it's the countering, I think, is Ian was driving at it there as well, Dan. It's It's the... Uh, you, you, what, it's what you didn't see last season. You very rarely saw Liverpool players in their own penalty areas not being sure of what to do. I mean, the third goal last night comes from a shot that's taken from eight eight to ten yards out um, with, a, with a lad cutting in on his stronger foot and then it, it, it becomes a, a ricochet situation. It is, it's slightly clanging now to see to see people attack Liverpool with such ease. Uh, as I say, it can all change. It is pre-season. All those caveats exist, but you can understand why people are a bit like, hmm, we haven't seen this for a while. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of a consequence of Liverpool being so good that that when there are um, clear flaws, even in games that don't matter, people pick up on it and worry that this is going to be the thing that makes makes the team unravel or means that we're going to have a, a less successful season this time around. I thought the most interesting thing that the manager said yesterday was he described the pre-season as strange, um, which I, I think is him sort of toning himself down um, because cause they have done it in, in quite an odd fashion, I think. Um, one of the important things to remember about yesterday is that they're probably still really jet-lagged. They've come back from the USA not that long ago, have done what will it, plenty of flights. I, I couldn't count how many it would have been by the time that they've gone there, and loads of them have come back from international tournaments or certainly holidays as well. So they haven't even been at Melwood for like nearly a month, and they were only there for a few days, and I don't think they'll have quite wanted that to be the case. They've had to do their press conference in Edinburgh this morning. Um, so that they can then fly to Geneva to do the camp in Evian and then they've got to fly to London for the Community Shield and then they'll get back to Melbourne in about another 10 days' time. So I think this, the sort of schedule of it really hasn't lent itself to to what the manager would have wanted. I think you can see in, in the fact that they organised that Chalka friendly and then had to cancel it, the, maybe not so much foresight went into the, the, the planning of it, but that's totally understandable because the team was in a European Cup final and that takes everyone's um, mind away from, well, what are you doing in July and August and whatever. But I think in terms of last last summer when it, it felt like everything was forensically planned and we had those four ones against sort of smaller clubs in the north before they even went away and they got to train at Melwood for a significant period of time. I think that's what he ideally would have wanted. I think the fact that Liverpool are playing these two finals and have always got to do the tour abroad has has hindered things a little bit this time and they've played on a collection of pitches that aren't actually football pitches and haven't looked suited to them whatsoever. So I do really understand why people are, are concerned about the way that they've been playing just, and they just, do look like they're doing things that they wouldn't normally, but I think there are so many caveats to it that basically he does the real work in Evian. Just on the fixtures, Dan, from last year, the comparison points. The comparison I'd be making as the seasons wore on, but there is, you're right to point out there is this glaring little shift. And it is the Charity Shield, actually. I think it's the Community Shield, for instance. When we played Napoli last season, we played Napoli, it's, it's, we have the Torino game lined up. Yeah. Uh, but we, it's effectively it's Saturday the 4th of August, um, rather than uh, where that one was, which was Sunday the 28th of July. So it's, on a the, week, it's a week later, it's the weekend where the Community so Shield on, will be. Yeah. On the 28th of July is when they play Man United in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. in, uh, in 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 Michigan. So that again is you know it's worth pointing that out that that's ended up being compressed a little bit more. They play that they play but uh, Dortmund, Sevilla, and Sporting all back to back, pretty tight, uh, run right right the way through there. Whereas it wasn't quite as tight last season. They've lost the the other fixture as you point out. So maybe we're up until that point, yeah, there was the two friendlies in the north rather than four, but you were sort of being able to see comparison points. But it is worth saying, isn't it, that they've they've lost sort of they've lost what we feel like two big weeks because they've had to compress because of this game against mm-hmm. City. Exactly the rhythm that, that he clearly decided last summer was what was what he wanted hasn't been able to be kept this time. Even if on the face of it, the fixtures appear similar in that they've played a couple of teams in the northwest that, that aren't necessarily very good um, for a bit of fitness, and then they've gone abroad and played some decent opposition in America. But there are loads of differences because of the scheduling. Um, he's completely sort of revolutionised the way Liverpool do pre-season since he came in. If you look back at the Rodgers one, I think they played something like six matches in five countries. So they went to Australia, they did Thailand, I think they did Hong Indonesia. Kong or something like that. They did plenty of different countries. They did one in the UK, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, so he's clearly when he's come in and had that first one in 2016, ripped it up and said, no, this is how we do it. That's not the way to go about actually preparing for the football season. And I think although this one is similar to what he did last time, there are enough sort of intricacies of it that are that are different and packed together that it's just really not what he wanted at all. And I think they're going to be run even harder now this week than what they would have been previously. The, the, the biggest shame to me, because I think by the time the actual competitive football starts, they'll all be... Fresh for it, they'll all be back into the rhythm that he had last season and everything. I don't think that it'll actually affect us in a significant way once the competitive footy starts. But I think it's a real shame that we're, we're six days away from a game against Manchester City where we could win a trophy and we haven't really prepared for it properly. I'm not, to be honest, completely up to date with what they've been doing. I think they've been in the Far East. I just um, look, actually. What, what have they been doing? They, they, uh, they got beat in the final of the Asia Cup on pens by Wolves. Okay. <laughs> Um, and I'm sure that's not great either because when we went there, is it Hong Kong still? Uh, yeah, I think we, so. we, we went and played the Asia Trophy in Hong Kong, didn't we? And it absolutely lashed down and they couldn't even train yeah. and Klopp was absolutely livid about it. And it's essentially, I think, made sure that they haven't made that same mistake again. I think it's not just for marketing purposes that, marketing purposes that they've gone to America twice in two years. I think a lot of it is, is him going, that's where they've got the best facilities, that's where we're not going to get rained off from training. It was in Shanghai. Um, was it? Just okay. Um, but it's it's it's... You know, regardless of what City's been up to, it is a shame that we're going to go into that game. And obviously, we'll be without players because they played international tournaments and stuff. But that we've been on this this poor run of form and results. There's been a lot of chat of the injured and the absent uh, through this, um, Adam. And I think there's, you know, it isn't just the front three, as has been mentioned. There's the goalkeeper. There's also Kaiser and Shakiri. And I think, I think both of them would be able to offer a little bit more in these sorts of pre-season friendly games and I know that sounds I'm not saying the players only for pre-season but for instance you know Shakiri did well in pre-season last year got some attention uh, even though he, well, it wasn't like he was bounced into the first team off the back of it it is you you, you do sort of feel for them for, for, for the side as a whole that the, they are effectively five players for the front let's say five positions shy at the moment uh, and that's why you maybe you, th- th- there is a little bit of a of, of a question mark around around cutting edge you know it's it's easy to to say maybe we need to go and buy and I'm, we're going to come on and talk about that and I would argue I'd like to see Liverpool dip into the market I don't think they will but I'd like them to um but you know you throw those five players in and also for them themselves with an eye on the on the, on the new season I suspect they would have liked to have had four weeks with the with the squad well yeah, and I remember having this conversation last summer actually because Sturridge had a good preseason, and we and and we had sort of had that chat. Is Sturridge now a going concern, or is he 
one of the preseason lads. And I do think the preseason lads, it's not very like it's it's sort of damning with faint praise, but there is there is a, 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 a there was a strong sort of preseason team which does feel like it's been eroded a little bit this this year. Kaita Shakiri and Sturridge with the business. Kaita Shakiri and Sturridge and Lalana as well. Um, did Lalana make any appearance? Yesterday? He got out. Yeah, he got twenty minutes. Did he? Sorry, I've, I've, I've only watched the highlights of yesterday. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it, it, there. There is that which again, again, as we've sort of talked about, where with you know the, the the winning of the European Cup and things, and and the whole the whole squad feeling part of it because they are this team that plays against the proper team or like you know day in day out. And I think that you can see um, you can you can see the when you do take out a few of those ingredients, that second team becoming a little bit threadbare looking. And what impact that has, we don't really know. I think the the impact you can see, and I think it's what everyone's touched on and, and you can see it over over the course of last season as well, is which which ingredients, which building blocks, which parts of like the spine you can you can you can take out and which you really can't. And I think as Ian said, Alisson um, is is a big miss. I think Firmino is a massive miss as well. You saw when Firmino goes off at Old Trafford, I just thought we were crap then for the next the next mm. few weeks. Um, and and you know that was a, a vital part of the the league campaign. So much as I think you know Mane was the best attacker, and you know Salah's obviously Salah. Firmino coming out does mean that that team doesn't function as well. And I think on on the on the goalkeeper question i do think as as ian said you know i, I don't want to d- dig into to the minulay thing too much but it's almost like um not having an allison or like an allison light style goalkeeper i think is 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 a bit it, it, i do think it's a bit of a problem to be honest uh, I, I think i think that it's you know if we if we're trying to get the the kids teams to play in the same the same brand of football as the first team does i think when you lose your mm-hmm. first your number one goalie and the number two goalie plays a completely different style i do think that that's a bit it's it just a bit jarring at times um and i do i do sort of think it's think it's something that we should have looked at but you know there we get we are where we are um so yeah i i, I think i think there is there does feel like there's been yeah, yeah, it it it, it feels it feels like we we've we've had the we've got the foot off the gas a little bit, and you don't know whether it's going to be an issue or not. And and I think with the truncated preseason, as Dan's pointed out, it might not it it, it might it might be might be part of the plan. But the, the, there's a position skill sets thing, and I think that's partially what Adam's referring to there with Mignolet and Allison. But I think you can throw at the other end of the pitch, Chloe, as well, where one of the things that I think's been difficult for them. I thought that Wijnaldum did well against Sporting Lisbon uh, in the front three, and he was to play more of a front three sort of role against um, Napoli. It became more sort of four one four one, which is the worst of the formations. But there is uh, just a four lads not knowing which one they join. <laughs> which one do I help now? You know, that's what genuinely that's how it looks to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost certainly wrong. And football experts would explain to me why I'm wrong, but I've never seen a four one four one alike. Um, there is something that happens where without getting into almost when when Alden and Oxley Chamberlain yet Chloe where you can say Alison and Mignolet have got distinctly different styles I think Origi's had a good pre-season but he does not play the game like Roberto Firmino and he's never going to he almost would he would look better with Roberto Firmino and I think that that's what's but what, what what I don't think helped against Napoli there was no out ball there was no one able to genuinely show yeah I mean I love Origi and and you know I, I want him to stay at Liverpool and I'm so glad he signed a contract but Compared to the gap between him and Roberto Firmino in not just, you know, his ability and talent, but also the work rate that he puts into the game is is, is so different. 
there's there's times where I've watched pre-season and you've got Chamberlain running with the ball and you're thinking to yourself, go on, make a running behind. But instead, like, Origi just stops right in front of him and just gets in his way. And it's like, like you know, use your football brain, make that run that he's asking you to make. And I think what you find in Roberto Firmino is he somehow always does the simple thing, but it's always the correct thing. He'll know where to move. He'll know when to drop. Um, I think Origi is more of the style who, you know, you can ping a ball up to him, he can he can control it with his back to goal and he'll bring other players into the into the game. But I think Firmino just does it all, you know, he can hold play up, he can drag the lads forward. <clears throat> he, he he always makes it, it, it even in and around the box, his position wise is always incredible. Where Origi sometimes you just don't you, he's he's like on right wing and you're like you're playing up front, mate, like why are you so far out? See, I, I think um, I think sort of maybe Origi, do, do, you know, kind of the way the way he looks, maybe sort of maybe fools you into thinking that his best attributes would be kind of like the battering ram uh, at the ve- the very sort of peak of the you know the the, the flying V, sort of like you know, the 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 front most attacker. But I don't think he is. I think I think he likes to to tuck in and like you say, sort of pop up on the wing. I think he. I thought last season he did his best work when he was. Left wing Origi, and he, he, he just that, that he'd come on and do that, and it wasn't what you expected to start with. But I thought that was when he was his most effective. And the thing that Firmino gives you that Origi doesn't is not not just sort of physical bravery, but the bravery to be that that you know the the, the player at the at, at the apex of it that's you know prepared to take those those risks and you know do the do the one touch thing that um that, that, that you you need to do because it's the the place on the pitch where you've got the the, the least time but for me you know, it was bravery and quickness of thought and yes strength and you know for, for me you know, it was, I think I said did I say Rigi then for me you know, it, was, uh, it it just gives us something that you know, same same thing as as you say that I was saying about Minilays that when we go to the second choice it's a completely different style of football and it it looks jarring. Um, I I think Arrighi is a much more intelligent footballer than what he's given credit for as well. I think people just sort of um, quite often view him as like, well, impact. He comes on, he runs about, he puts himself about, and he might just pop up with a goal. But um, the goals that he did score last season more subtle, isn't it, than anything else? Exactly, subtle, yeah. he's quite delicate sometimes. He's got he's got he's got nuances to his play, yeah, genuinely. Yeah. Um, and I th- I think the goals in pre-season show that they're all genuinely really good finishes. Um, he's not just someone who the ball sort of falls to because he's an extra body that's up there and he puts it in the net. He's genuinely a really good finisher of a football from inside the penalty area. And that's what's impressed me most about Brewster as well. Um, I think that's the thing that might prevent us from doing something in terms of a player that plays down the middle, up front and out and out. You know, I can play a bit like Firmino, but I'm playing down the middle and I'm not doing your bits wide because he's there, he's done quite well. The manager clearly wants him to do really well and rates him very highly. They wouldn't have given him that contract and he wouldn't have accepted it. If that wasn't the case, um, and he's done really well, and he's been spoken of, he's been spoken of a lot but, more positively than any of the other forwards, i.e., Wilson, Kent, etc., etc. I think that's, that's the case for what, what what hits me though is the difference between, for instance, I think Origi is either left wing Origi or a, or a penalty box striker. Yeah. Whereas I think Firmino is a centre forward, and I think that, that that you can sound as though it's just nomenclature this, but I, th- I hope that the, the the distinctions there for for both you and the listener were. I think that the the idea of of everything the, you, you're getting to almost see the full the full Firmino package with it not being there. If you see what I mean, the the fact that he is constantly available as this out ball, he'll know when he needs to hold it up. He'll know when it's just one touch. With Origi, I think he either wants to be pulling wide in quite a classic, almost Emil Heskey. I'll run the channels for you and produce something in a minute way, 
or he very much is, as you say, he's a subtle, he's got a really good penalty box instinct. What he's not doing is almost occupying that space, if you imagine, from where the D is on the penalty area and, and out to the final third. That's what he's not sort of occupying, I think, is effectively for Liverpool in these games and then bringing people into it. No, I do agree with that. And I think um, that was really clear in the European Cup final when he came on. He obviously wins the game, but played really badly. Um <laughs> Because that's what we wanted them to do. Because Firmino was playing. We all wanted Firmino to start, but he was clearly not mm. well enough to start. Um, he was absolutely knackered and didn't contribute to the game whatsoever. So we basically wanted Origi to come on and be Firmino. Do the thing that we were asking Firmino to do, but just better. And he wasn't able to because he's not that kind of footballer. But maybe the manager thinks, I'm better having different options rather than just a, a less good version of the one I've already got. If, I haven't got. if I haven't got the one that I'm happy with, i.e. Firmino, then I'd rather do something a little bit different than just have someone who's not him. I don't think any of us is confident with any of the options, though. Like if Firmino was out for two weeks. I don't no, think I, I, no, I, don't I agree think with that. And, and that well, I'd like, I'd like them, them options. Because like, we've tried, been trying Ronaldin this season. Again, well, there's two things I'd like to see, though, because I would like to have seen, and if I've got a minor, I mean, the manager's got to make decisions he makes based upon the fact that he's got a pick a team that functions for 90 minutes but I would really like to have seen Brewster and Origi on the pitch at the same time at some point which mm. we haven't seen and maybe just yesterday if for instance you start it and you go left wing Origi and you go Brewster through the middle and we have a little look at that for 60, 65, 70 mm. and maybe make the subs a little later because that's my frustration is that I think that Origi wants there to be someone who plays with him either in a two or in a three who's going to occupy and then allow him to be the clever Origi rather than having to be the, the other one or, you know, and I think with Brewster, I think that Brewster's done well, but he's not yet got to play with really enough good lads, if you sort of see what I, I mean. And I'd like to I'd like to have seen that in one of these games, and we still haven't. Maybe we will on Wednesday. I, maybe we will. It's And it's one of them where my worry, I suppose, is that Klopp's, um, you know, sort of sort of lack, is slightly risk-averse sometimes. I just I just can't picture him putting Brewster in there in the league, mm. ever, in, in that Firmino position. I think... In terms of Firmino, I mean Neil alludes to it there. He's one of the, he's a player who can occupy multiple defenders. Um, Sadio Mane can do the same job when he plays up top. He occupies almost the whole back four at times, and Firmino will absolutely just sacrifice himself for the team as well. And I think that's one of the man- things the manager loves the most about um, some of these players. For it to work really, really well, they all have to submit themselves to what he wants. Um, and I think that's where it becomes difficult to recruit sometimes because he will just try and work with what he's got um, rather than go into the market and just get a, another option. And we talk about Firmino, we talk about Alison Becker. It can't be easy to go and find even light versions of these lads because yeah. they play in such a specific way and they offer you such a specific kind of um, thing, really. So that is difficult. But that said, you know, Brewster looks great at times. He's 19 years of age. I'm sure he's going to have one hell of a career. And I love the way he kind of, he's got that predatory instinct where he just comes alive in the box. And I'm sure he'll have a really successful career for Liverpool. But you you can't help but feel there's still a huge drop-off. And when we speak about transfers and, and making the team stronger, I've always thought you can be sensible and have conversations around the midfield and the defence. And where I would probably do stuff in maybe those areas, certainly backing up Robertson, etc. But where I can't really grasp Liverpool not doing anything is top end of the pitch. It just absolutely makes no sense and no one will convince me otherwise that we should not be looking to add a lad in that final third, um, specifically someone who can operate out wide. I just think given the summers that the big hitters have had, your Mane's, your Firmino's and your Salah's, the fact that they can't start the season. And I'm not saying you buy someone just for that reason, but given we're going to have another 
intense nine months on the back of what we've just had, on the back of a really busy summer for some of these boys. I just felt it was absolutely imperative that we backed up that front three with another with another player um, who you could rotate and feel comfortable that if you're taking one of the other lads out, you can put this lad in and it's going to be okay because the drop-off is not huge. What we don't get to see is Brewster in training every day and he could be absolutely flying with the manager goes, you know what, I don't need to waste any money because he's going to be great. But I don't know whether Brewster can operate in wide areas. It looks like he's more of a lad who operates um, in the confines of the kind of width of the penalty area, but maybe they are doing stuff with him out wide as well. But that's the area where you think Liverpool had to do something. Maybe they still will, but a lot of them, those come out of the club, suggest they're not going to do anything at all in the transfer market, which I think is hugely disappointing, to be honest. On on the Brewster in, in the league thing first, um, I, I think he will play him in the league fairly consistently, mainly off the bench. I just could just to clarify, I, I didn't. I think I said ever. I, I, I just meant <laughs> ever, ever this season in the Firmino role. Okay, is what I meant. Um, I, I I think he might well do. I think certainly in in the games of Tranmere and and um, Bradford, his link up play was really good. He combined quite well with the central midfielders, if not the two other sides of them. But I think a lot of that is to do with the two other sides of them. Kenton Wilson not being very good necessarily. Um, but it, it's it's important to remember, I think, that we, we all thought this about like Trent getting that game at Old Trafford, thinking bloody hell, he's only doing this because of the injuries and everything, and he'll be another two, three years away from playing, and here we are two, three years away, and he's won a European Cup and played in another final, and Klein's, you know, probably not going to play for Liverpool ever again, and none of us would have ever thought that, and Brewster also probably would have been playing at least some first-team football for Liverpool for a year now if, if it hadn't been for the injury, so he's almost... In, in a sense, he's a year ahead of what we picture him to be because we've only started seeing him now, but they've had him in their plan for a year longer than that. So I think that's important to remember. I think basically he's storage. I think he'll play a similar amount of minutes as, as what storage did last season. I don't think he'll get many starts. Is that starts. enough minutes? Say that again. Is that enough minutes? With yeah. an eye on the fact that last season, for instance, Salah, uh, Mane and Firmino all played more than any of the midfielders apart from Ronaldo. Okay. So what I'm well, saying is, so what I'm saying to use Ian's point about being able to rotate them, they've had a lot of workloads, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. If Brewster just matches the minutes that Sturridge got, then we can maybe from that deduce that we will be saying that Salah, Mane and Firmino will get a similar yeah, number of time on the, the pitch. and not get injured as well. No, what I was going to say was I, I still would also buy another one. Um, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, w- I would look to buy a right-footed left-sided attacker. Um, who can play down the middle as well would be my preference because I think I think we're all right on the right. We've got Salah, Chamberlain can do it, Chikiri can do it and still do the cutting on the left Mane foot thing. Mane in theory could do it, but we haven't got another Mane. So we've got Mane for the left. Arigi does a little bit of it, but if you've got rid of storage, might be needed a bit more down the middle. So I think I think we can rely on Brewster and Arigi between them to to do a fair bit down the middle and do it quite well. Not in the same way as Firmino, but I, I don't think that footballer is available for us to go and buy. The the, the proto Firmino that comes off the bench, etc. Yeah. don't think it exists. So you box yourself down the middle between Origi and Brewster. You have two footballers that are at least different options and maybe have strengths in different ways. And then the other one that I would do is 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 a right-footed, left-sided attacker. Um, there'll be there'll be ones of them available. I don't know if the club is is like actually interested in any of that, but that's the one where I think we would benefit most from a player, um, and and preferably they could do a little bit down the middle as well. If Firmino was injured, then we wanted to go with Salah and Mane either side, and and then this lad could do the middle. There probably aren't many footballers like that. I don't know if any of them then would be available to Liverpool. And it sounds a bit be, like Coutinho, to be honest. From what not you quite that. I don't you mean want I, fast. Yes, basically, yeah. someone who, who will run with the ball a bit quicker, not someone who's looking to hold on onto it and shoot from distance. Basically, I think the player that I'm thinking of is Zayech, 
of, of Ajax. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm thinking a lot of the goal he scores against Tottenham in the game that they eventually get knocked out in. Mm. But that kind of footballer where he's really, really quick, he's got a good goal scoring and assist record, and he, in theory, can play all three of the positions, although he's more left-sided. I think, that's, I think that's what I want, and it suits our style of play. I, I sort of... I, I really did one for Kia last season, but I, I can see why... I'm not getting into the whole why, why is he going to Petters thing because I can't be bothered but um, I think it's interesting that we've never gone back in for a player like him so last summer when it became clear that his knee was made to play oh, he didn't go alright we'll get this other version of him they didn't do it in January and they're not doing it now I think that might be because they've realised over the course of the season or the manager's gone you know what I don't actually want that player because that would have changed the balance a little bit and if I've got to accommodate him that. that means like me midfield's a bit less functional or maybe I've got to drop one of these front three a bit like a it bit was deeper. when we had Coutinho exactly yeah I think yeah. he's I think he's maybe sort of gone actually we're better off without that player um, which makes me think that yes a Coutinho type or someone like that is, is probably the last thing that we'd want you know a really belting forward yeah I'm all in for but someone who wants to dribble with the football a lot and not really a fast pace and shoot from 20 yards I don't think we're interested in the stats on, on long shots are really interesting it's gone down something like 10% or five, somewhere between 5 and 10% every single year the club's been here so I don't know what a long shot is defined as I think it's from outside the area so something like 50% of Liverpool's long sh- shots were taken from outside the area when he came in and it's now around 30 and every single year it's, dec- it's decreased quite significantly so I think we're very much getting away from that kind of footballer the plan is have a midfield they can get it to the forwards get them somewhere in the box and they'll put it in the net and and therefore a fast lad that can get past defenders and is a good finisher I think is 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 ideal and that's what I would like us to buy I'm not sure that he will though yeah I'd say um the player that you are kind of describing and who we played yesterday was Insigne he looked very very good mm. um he's very small very pacey he's got he's got a right foot he always cuts in from the left wing on his right foot it's how he scores the first one it's how the third one's made I think it's, it, it's solely by him and I think the up top, you know, we we can deal with Shakiri and we can deal with Chamberlain on that right wing, but it is Mane where you've got absolutely no one who can do that type of role for him. So I think we do need a left-sided, you know, winger. And I think someone like Insigne could do a job for us because I think he fits our style of play, getting in behind, you know, he, he can cut in on his on his right foot and shoot. But I also think... As well as you know our top three, I think we need to cover the the fullbacks mainly for the 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 work rate of what they have to do in every game. Now a fullback you're expected to go forward more than you're supposed to defend. For every defend you do, you've got to go forward and attack with it. And I think, you know, I think we've got something like ten games in December alone with that with that cup that we're in as well. So I think we do need cover for these areas because you can't play every single player every game because it will it it will drain them and then what what competitions do you leave them out of what competitions can you play them can you play them at 80% and get away with it in this league or do they all have to be at 100% and and be fit as anything and i think cover for left back and right backs important because if if Robbie gets an injury and he's out, yeah, you can put Milner there, but he's not going to offer the, the he's not going to offer going forward a lot more than Robbo is, obviously. And I think our style of play is that our left our fullbacks getting up the pitch, doing crosses, doing deliveries, causing um in trouble in in that area. And I think if you don't have someone who can attack just as well, just just as good as defending going forward, then I think. It, 
it hurts us because we won't offer the same type and style of play. And and if we play Milner, it's 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 quite surprising if you see Milner playing at left back if Robbo's fit, obviously. And I think when Milner does play, I think teams can figure him out better because you know he's gonna cut in on his right foot most of the time. He's right footed. He'll he'll cut back and, and cross that ball in. And I think where Robbo is, he can use both feet, his, his left foot, he can he can cross from anywhere. Um, so I do think full-backs are also very important and where I'd hope we'd get cover for. Um, but then at the same time, you know, you can play Joe Gomez at right-back. Would I personally like to see him there? No, but could he do a job? Yeah. Could Milner cover Robbo? Yeah, but is that enough? What did you think of enough? Hoover yesterday? I really just, actually liked him. the one you haven't mentioned. Yeah, it was... Him and Harvey Elliott was the was the two that really injected something into the game and, and gave it a bit more life and was probably the best two players on the pitch all game and they only played, what, like 20-something minutes. So I do think that he'd be good. My only problem is he's, he's, he's extremely young and to come into a, a Premier League season and maybe play your debut at, at that age, even though, you know, Trent did it maybe 17, 18, it's the likes of... You know, if you do have a bad game, can you come back from that? Can can you physically like at that age? Can you have a bad game like Trent did and then come back and do unbelievably and get the most assists a, a fullback's ever got? And I think it it's whether we need to develop him more now or if he can slot in under a job. I think what's been interesting um, over the last week or so is maybe the tone coming out of the club. So if you think. Eight weeks ago, John Henry's talking about, you know, we missed out in the Premier League, but we're going to invest over the summer um, to make sure we give ourselves the best opportunity to go and win it next year. Uh, that's one thing he said. He, he backtracked a little bit on that uh, over the kind of, you know, following days, etc. But Jürgen's given a number of interviews um, over the last week or so, whether it be Mel, Sky Sports, The Echo, where he's, he's talked a lot about money or, or, or lack of it. Uh, and he said things like it's not our summer for doing significant business. Um, when he was pushed on the Coutinho thing, he said that would cost big, big, big money and we haven't got big money this summer. Um, we've got to pay the bills was another phrase he used as well. And I, I found that interesting because, you know, when David Ornstein talked about Liverpool only having a really, really limited budget um, to spend this summer, I think everyone just dismissed it. Um, I think he talked about Liverpool would maybe do something about 20 million and that was it. Um, and at the time, I remember thinking, that surely can't be right. And I get the fact that there's, there's bills to pay. You know, people will suddenly be on better contracts. Um, we will have to pay bonuses. Um, there's a there's a big new stand to pay for and stuff. But even with all of that, you know, Liverpool's kind of revenue, when those things get released in early next year for 18-19 I'd be surprised if Liverpool on top 5 or top 6 in revenue it must be over 500 million quid they'll have got nigh on 100 million just for winning the Champions League from the TV money you know the very worst side in our Premier League gets 100 million pound um, from the TV deal so it doesn't really add up that we haven't got money to spend in this market for me um, and I know you've got to obviously you know you've got to pay your bills as Jürgen says but even with all of that I would imagine Liverpool have got if they needed to the ability to go and get money to spend on a player but it doesn't seem that there's a as a huge desire to do that which is is maybe I don't know it worries me a little bit because I think if you are if you were competing with anyone other than Man City I think with the squad we've got you could go you know what we go again 
But because the bar has been set where you need to be looking at 100 points, I think it's absolutely imperative that Liverpool look to strengthen this squad. And I get it that, you know, everyone wants to bask in the in the sixth European Cup and everyone's made up. And it feels like if you mention Liverpool should be buying a player, everyone jumps on that and just says, listen, 97 points, European Cup. I get that. That was fantastic, but you've got to think about how you combat this Man City team next season. They've gone and strengthened. All right, we don't know what those players are going to be like, but Pep's record in the transfer market's pretty good. He doesn't get many wrong. They so also they... didn't have their best season Exa- last season. Well, I think they, they've they, also got. They, they didn't have like a load of luck with injuries, and you know they 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 have players out. Adam, you're right, and they also have probably arguably the best player in the league coming back in Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. He certainly was two years ago. So he comes back. I think you're going to expect things. Now, we talk about Ryan Brewster kicking on and being great. I think Phil Foden, if he's given us opportunity, will be really good next season. Uh, and obviously they've brought in cover for Fernandinho as well, whose legs have maybe going a little bit. They've possibly got a centre-half issue, but they may go and address that. Um, so I just think it's it's very brave of the manager. Um, and maybe his hands are tied a little bit, given what well, he said. Sorry, Neil. That's all right. I was going to go to Dan on the on what he said. So I've got to go to each of you. I'll go to Ian last as you started there. Dan, what do you make of his comments around the money? Um, I don't think it necessarily is is to do with a lack of money. Um, I think the comments about the, the having bills to pay thing is is quite disingenuous. I think it's tongue in cheek. Um, he's often like that whenever he's asked um, things about someone like Manchester City or Paris Saint Germain. And he does mention those clubs, doesn't he? By name, he literally as well. he lists them. I think I think he basically takes the piss out of them a little bit when he answers questions about them. And his 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 point on them is more that we've got bills to pay because we're a football club. They are states. I th- I think that's his point. I don't think. When he makes that kind of comment, it's about buying individual footballers in an individual transfer market. I think he's doing a bit of a jokey thing around the fact that we we exist on very different um, planes, not necessarily levels of football, but we're very different enterprises as a whole. Um, the, the real interesting one for me was 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 when he was asked about Coutinho, and he he says the word big about eight times, big, 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 big money, and then he follows it by saying, "And this is not the year for us to do that." So he doesn't say they haven't got the money to do that. That's not necessarily what he's saying. That's just everyone what has presumed he's saying, and I totally understand that's why they presume that. But what he can mean, and I'm not saying he definitely means this, this is just a different way to interpret it, but what he can mean is this is not the time for us to buy a really expensive footballer because I've already, over the course of the past three, four years that have been here, bought a load of really good ones. Some of them are the most expensive footballers in football history. And I think that having won the European Cup and having got 97 points in the league, I, th- I don't think I want to disrupt that by signing someone for €100 million Euro who comes in, maybe doesn't even necessarily get a start every week and is a really big ego and just, just disrupts things for me. I think I'm just all right with my ones. And maybe I can do something around a less expensive player, a younger player who comes in, learns my methods, plays the odd game here and there, but isn't a guaranteed starter. And that's what I'd prefer to do. And then maybe next summer when maybe one of the front three moves on or you know, whatever football and context has happened by then, maybe that's the summer where to go, you know what, I want another Van Dijk and Allison. I want two really expensive footballers again because we've lost this one and I want two boss ones now and you're going to go and get me them. I think if he wanted to spend money, the football club would give him money to spend. I think it's I think it's totally his decision. And you can disagree with his decision if that's the case, but I think it's, I think it's less about them not having money and him going, 
you know what, I don't want to really spend that much money. If I can get this player, then sound. But I don't want Coutinho. I don't want Usman Dembele. I don't want someone like that because I don't think it'll actually benefit us. You can argue whether that's the right thing to do or not. But I think that's where those comments come from. I don't think it's a case of him going, they're not giving me no money. Mm. I'd love to get Coutinho, but I, I can't get him. I don't think that's what he's doing. I, I don't think that's what he's doing either. I, and I think I think I, I possibly do disagree with with, with him. Um, and Klopp's been proved right time and time again in, in exactly this area, the area of patience compared to you know myself and supporters who aren't patient and want and want solutions to problems in the shape of players who are then on a five year deal and you've got to keep them for five years and blah blah blah. Um having said that that is what I want uh, because <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I think because I think the mood music, right. the mood music of uh, around the club is 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 important I think and and I think that there is the temptation a little bit we've said it I don't know whether it was on air or off air about you almost want to you know, I'm still feeling, I'm still basking, and 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 it's still, we're still feeling relaxed. We're still feeling like this preseason isn't really, you know, it's bouncing off. It's it's like water off a duck's back at the minute, losing all these games because we've won the European Cup. But you can't write a season off, and and if there is that that sensation, like there is with the supporters within the club at all, that that you know this is fine, you know it's 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 all right because you know we've we've just done this, and next season, like like you said, Dan, and you're not the only person to have said it. I know Neil, you said it as well. Next summer might be a big one. I don't like that to be honest. I don't like the have you idea. Yeah, interviewed with him. Yes, it's all right if you have. Yeah, no, I have, I have. And he was very. He jumped at me that like insofar as when I was in the room, and I don't know if you saw the video. I'm not saying he, he didn't. I was about to say he jumped at me throat didn't he was perfectly nice all the way through but when I said more relaxed mm. having won the European Cup he had no time for that whatsoever no. he wanted he, he very much wanted me to fuck the fuck off <laughs> if we're all honest about it no and and, 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 and rightly so I want to hasten to add I should have chosen better words absolutely quite right but the, I can't I, and, and I think he's said he's reiterated that he doesn't want the European Cup spoken about once pre-season's over but at the same time you sort of can't help that mood music a little bit or you can you can you can you can start a new project and that's what we haven't done and that's what worries me I can't shake the feeling that had we lost the European Cup final we'd have signed someone I just I, I think I think we'd have mm. I think I we'd have, with, I think I we'd have done the that. forward I do and I, I agree and, with that and I don't think that's good enough in that case I agree with that if you I agree think, with it then that's not good it's not no good enough, I think then, it's different though no, because I think that if they'd have I think if we'd have lost to Tottenham I think I think for the good of everybody else in that squad they would have needed a new player to look at like forget the forget the idea as to whether or not it makes the squad better this like is what I mean idea. about mood music though yeah, and, no, and I think we've talked about this before I think a signing a, just a little signing mm. to, to change to, 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 to get people going I think and it's a, it's a mad but thing it wouldn't getting, have been getting a human in for five years just to improve people's moods in a summer is mad but, but I do but think it, but, it, but it wouldn't have been to improve us it would have been to improve the 20 lads who he has to look at week in no, week no, out yeah. no, no. and I don't think he, at the minute I don't think he's looking at those 20 lads feeling like he needs to, he needs to be able to say, "Listen, you know, the same way that, for instance, he Carius goes and Allison comes in, he's able to go right. We, we, saw, we saw that that was a problem. We fixed it with this. I think, I think, I think it's different. No, I agree, and and I, and I don't think it's necessary to give them a pep, uh, like a pep up by, by by signing a player. But I still think the issues which were present last season are still present, mm. and I, and I think that that we did we 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 rode our luck a bit, and we definitely rode our injury luck. Um, and there was there was there was things that you know it's not like we've got a Kevin De Bruyne coming back. We had everyone fit, didn't we? We we well, he's, the manager sitting here saying half season Joe Gomez, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, and Rian Brewster. Okay, but not they're not but they're not big Kev. Don't get me wrong, top red Kev De Bruyne. Mm. I I think I think we might be we might be banking on. I, I think if it is that then then we're banking on you, you haven't mentioned Cater then but we're we're, we're banking on Kater, things yeah. that 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 are 
not known. I think Gomez is a known. I think Gomez will be brilliant this season. Some of those lads don't, Adam, I mean, a lot of our boys, and maybe you could throw Kevin De Bruyne in this as well, they have got a checkered history with injuries. Yeah, no, you, the, but that's, that's, that's the risk for me. Oxley Chamberlain. You just don't know whether they're going to be available yeah. or not. But that, Chamberlain's never been able to stay fit. To but be that fair. would also be my big Kev point now as well. well. Yeah, so when you were all yeah, saying oh, big yeah. Kev before, I think that big Kev is, but, but, but is they, now, is now they, six of one after the other. He may he may be, but it, you know it, it, they've they've got Bernardo Silva. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to go into, into them too much, really. But um, I, I I I think that it's not necessarily like I say it's not just it's not just the temporary bounce of a new signing. I think there are I think there are issues there which might have been papered over by a European Cup win that 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 could it might not and, and, and Klopp as I said at the very start of this mini rant it has been proved well, just to, be, to be to be correct before I bring patient. Chloe in I just want to just want to let you sort of tidy up a little bit of language because there will now be currently be some people screaming at, a, at whatever the device is papered over is a little harsh on a European <laughs> Cup winning 97 points you know there's crack I mean every football team I would argue in history papers over a crack or two uh... but to say papered over off the back of 97 points in the Champions League if you want these people to shout at you that's fine but it's up to you <laughs> I'm giving you the opportunity to say don't shout at me I think I do I, I think I think that we have not. Uh, I, 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 stick to your guns. Like. I don't think. No, I'm sticking. No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my guns because I don't think we've got. I, I, I don't think we've necessarily got all the ingredients to say we can be pretty confident of a 95 plus point season again. I don't. I, I still. I still think that we. Okay. I still think that, that there was enough there that you could say that you know you, you you just can't you can't bank on them as no as knowable things and that's what you should be trying to do you should be trying to be the best team in the world and that means improving every season i think now you know we're over the rebuilding stage i think now's where you actually kick on you know you've just won your, your first title under Klopp. it's it's the biggest title you can win now's where Instead of going, oh yeah, we still need to sort these situations out, but actually just looking for squad depth and reinforcement and, and seeing, you know, if I can give him a rest, is 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 this player available and good enough to go and do a job for us? And I think for me that's 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 where it's it's frustrating with this with this whole transfer window because it's not like I want a sixty mil player in like Rodri to, to go mm. straight into our team. I, I just want cover, but like a cover where the gap between our first and sub, our first team and our sub, isn't so drastic. And this player can come on and can be a game changer. And I think now, now we need to push on because we're not rebuilding. We're not. We're not building a foundation anymore. We've got that. We've got it in stone. We now just need to bring players in to cover other players so that they can rest and we can still go on and win games. And I think. In, in in football in this business, if you take your your foot off the pedal and you you don't reinv- reinvest and and don't bring more players in, you can easily easily be left behind because every year more teams are improving. On the, think, on the money question, Ian, do you think that there is money to spend and he's choosing not to spend it, or do you think when he talks about having to pay the bills, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, do you think that that's legit? I think there's some money there, but whether it's enough to go and get the player Klopp wants is another matter. So. When he was asked about it, maybe when he was asked about Gareth Bale, um, and he says something like, "If you've got enough money, you can always go and improve." Um, so he does say that, um, but I think we already know it's incredibly hard to play for this manager. I get that, and that's why there's some people paid very, very well to go and find these players um, because it is a difficult thing. We know how much he puts into personality as well as ability, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think, you know, no one's talking here about 
wholesale changes. I think people are just thinking about, you know, adding one or two quality additions. So, Neil, we had a discussion not long ago on the cutter. And I remember Ferguson in 08, after they've won the European Cup, he goes and does a little bit of business. He takes Tottenham's best player yeah, to Berbatov. supplement what he's got. He takes Dietmar uh, Berbatov, and he's got lads coming through like Welbeck and Cleverly. We think I can just drop in now and again. And I thought we'd have a similar summer to that. Go and get a big hit, a top end of the pitch. And that probably, that probably gives us enough, I would say. I think there's also something around, you know, in 05, I always thought we didn't capitalise off the pitch. And my concern is now... 2019, I'll be capitalising on the pitch. You know, this is the sweet spot. This is when the whole of Europe has stood up, sat up, took notice of Liverpool climbing back on their pitch again. There's lads who would literally crawl over broken glass to play for this club. And I think now is the time where you pull the trick and you go, what? You know what? Maybe there's a bit of succession planning there. You're thinking 12 months ahead. So so when you talk about Berbatov, and I think it is an interesting comparison, when you talk about Berbatov, Berbatov's succession planning because he knows Ronaldo's going. Of course he does. It's it's the summer of 08 where he says he wouldn't sell Real Madrid a virus and he knows he's going to sell Real Madrid uh, Cristiano Ronaldo in the summer of 09. But he says that in the summer of 08 and Berbatov comes in because if you actually look at United's transfer business in the summer of 09, the you know they don't they, they bring Owen in um, you know Owen comes in um, they, they they do Antonio Valencia but they don't really do anyone else um, they actually don't win the league oh nine ten it is worth pointing that out mm. but the, you know it's not like he's got a he's got a raft of business that he's got lined up for that following summer having let Ronaldo go yeah absolutely and, I, and don't get me wrong you know the manager you know it will always be said of course he knows far more than any of us that goes without saying but. There's no manager in the history of football that gets everything right. You know, people will make mistakes. So I think, you know, the beauty of these shows and why we have them and why they're so good is that you can debate these things, you can challenge. That's what it's all about. As fans, we should be having these kind of conversations. It doesn't mean we're being negative. I just think it means we want the best for the club and we want to see us kick on. So that's, I think that's totally, totally fair. So I just think, you know, if Dan's right and the manager's just absolutely choosing not to do anything, then it becomes very difficult for him to have those conversations around December where he goes, I've got too many games. Well, you had a chance to bring in more players to help you with getting through some of those games. And I get the caveat of it's really hard to buy for this football club, but that's why the people who are there are there because they get paid incredible money to go and find those players. So it's hard to know what what the truth is, I suppose, um, because there's different things coming out of the club, but you would absolutely hope that there's money to spend um, because I think, you know, if you are going to go and hopefully get close to 100 points again, it feels like, as Adam said before, you're going to need a little bit of luck along the way. And we don't like talking about luck because we always want to think about maybe the bad luck you've had to make to say, well, you know, if we'd have had this, it would have gone better for us. But we did get a fair bit of luck last year. It has to be pointed out. And, you know, I just want to mitigate some of the risk. Uh, and some of the risk is around, you know, those front three lads staying fit. You know, if one or two of them come out of the team, then that's where you suddenly see a problem. And I think we've got the perfect opportunity to go and solve that right now, but it doesn't feel like we're going to do anything about it. Dan Austin, then I'll wrap it up. Um, I, th- I think we've pretty much all agreed then that we would like at least one footballer. And and I, I still think that, that, that they might well get one, to be honest. Um, I just don't think it'll be, you know, a really well-known expensive footballer that we've all heard of and, and know is good. But... Who then do we actually think quickly before we go? Like, but who who do we think they should actually be getting? So I've said left-sided, right-footed attacker, I'm, and I'd, I agree. I'd, I'd still quite like 
a short-term fix at left-back, even though he doesn't really do short-term fixes. The only outfield one he's ever done at Liverpool was Clavan. Um, but I'd quite like one because I think right-back's all right. There's, there's plenty that can do right-back. There's Fabinho, there's Milner, there's Gomez, there's Trent. I think Haver's really good already as well. I think but you might I, use Oxlade-Chamberlain there if you had to. I, I also think that that's a possibility. Yeah, so I think right-back's all right. There's loads of them. Um, left-back, there's only really Robertson. I, I don't buy Gomez at left-back no more. I don't like Did four games there and, and was awful. Oh, Old Trafford, so I'm not really buying that. So I would quite like a short-term fix at left-back, even though I think it's unrealistic. So they're, they're my two, basically. And not, and not very expensive um, forwards that can do a couple of different bits in this left back. What do you, what do you actually I'd, want? I'd, I, I can I can't I can see us not getting a left back, and I think you might you might think you can do Hoover there, and he could do Milner there, and you, it's, it's Milner Milner. Pay, I'm not going to say paper over cracks, but Milner solves a lot of problems, doesn't he? And he keep, and he keeps doing that, and I think he keeps making making that decision not have to happen. Um, but you, so, can't, so I can, you can't have Milner as, as solving all your problems. No, I know because well, he can't be a centre mid or right back and a left back. So you have to put him. You have to. He has to be. He has to be the, so the, the second choice somewhere, but not everywhere. I think he might. I think he might decide that Hoover's the second choice, but I think if Hoover had to have a run of games that he quickly end up being targeted by teams, and I think that might might cause a problem. But I can imagine him saying, "We're not getting a left back because of that." Um, and I was just thinking along the lines of what Ian was saying: Who would we get? Who would be a Berbatov? And Richarlison was the one who came to my mind. So don't know. I, don't, I think I don't. Richarlison's a really interesting one in that, I, in that I do actually think we missed the boat on him last summer. Uh, Richarlison, I'd rarely say that, but I do think that if we'd have got him last summer, he's someone who can do a bit at number nine and can do a bit coming off either flank. Yeah, yeah, and he's, I think he's, he's the good. profile of footballer would be spot on. Yeah. I think he could play, Chloe. Um, for left back, I'd, I'd probably say someone like Grimaldo. I can't even remember his name. Grimaldo, I think it is something like that. He's Benfica's left back. Um, someone who knows, you know, you're not going to get a lot of games. But he, I think he's fairly young and he looks promising and he looks good. So that, you know, when even even though Robbo's still young, you know, even when he maybe chooses to go elsewhere, you've still got this young kid coming coming through. So I'd say him. And for left wing, I'm, I, I don't really want Insigne, but I'll put Insigne there just for the fact of he's a, he, he, he fits our style of play. He's pacey. So... Um, I, I'll say them too, but I, for for left back, I'd, I'd probably go Grimaldo. Yeah. Are you asked about left back, or do you just no, like, think, want I, forward? I, no, I think the, I mean, I, if it was up to me, which clearly it isn't, I would be doing something <laughs> at left back because I think again it comes back to that. It's not easy because Andy Robertson is critical to how we play because the fullbacks give us so much attacking options going forward. It's not easy to go and get another one of them, but I think. I would like someone there because I think again, you know, you're asking Robbo to go again in all the games, and yes, he doesn't get injured very often. And I think one of the things we've done well since Klopp came in is buy more more robust footballers who don't get injured. Um, but I would like cover there, um, and I agree with you. I think someone like Zayac would be would be a good fit. To be honest, I mean, it might not be a popular opinion, but I would have had Coutinho back all day long. I think he would cover um, a multitude of maybe issues around. He can play left side in terms of the top three, and he could do you bits in midfield against certain opposition as well and he is capable of unlocking doors and I think when I look at Liverpool's midfield yesterday and obviously it will change when we get players back there's still that little thing where sometimes there's not quite enough creativity in there for me and I would have liked somebody who could have come in and maybe offered that little bit of spark but I don't think that's the beat, to be honest. I've spent the summer saying cover Manny if you cover Manny you cover everyone and also there's a thing that if he wants to play 4-4-2 or 4-2-3-1 to rest people or to shake it up he still has to play Manny 
it's really difficult for them to not play Manny. And I think yeah, that yeah, whenever yeah. you go through any sort of, oh, you could play this shape, well, yeah, you're playing Manny then, aren't you? You could you could change this shape, yeah, you need to play Manny. And I think that that's something that he's got a, you know, Manny's now had a really long, arduous yeah. two years, to be honest with you, not just one year, two years. So I would like to see him look to get a bit of an alternative in. Yeah. And in the general sort of, you know, if there is a feeling that someone from the front three is going to move on next summer, the one thing I would say is that maybe there is the, not, not, not quite a, a Berbatov argument, but maybe someone whose profile is 19 to 22 with the mm-hmm. idea of giving them a year where there's some game time as an option mm-hmm. to then bring them through. But then again, that might be where he's, you know, if he's sitting here, he's saying, let me just draw you another yeah. picture of Rian Brewster, Neil, and shut up. Well, when we say uh, Berbatov, we don't mean in style. We're no, just no. talking about, obviously... Well, I think, but I think Berbatov's an interesting style because they were playing that United yeah. side, was playing Tevez, Tevez, Rudy, Ronaldo, and, and Rudy yeah, and Ronaldo. Yeah. And then they go and buy this yeah. six for four target yeah. man who's not that much of a target man, you know what I mean? And I think it's interesting that they went and did something completely different to to shake it up uh, but yeah I'd be doing someone someone of the profile that you described Dan in terms of and Insignia's not a bad one but he's 28 uh, but someone of the profile of someone who can go and play there for you and then you can play any shape you want realistically mm-hmm. and not feel like you've got to, you've got to end up playing Sadio Mane because you've got no one else I still think it's dead interesting and I think the big shame pre-season is he's never ever ever looked at Shaqiri left hand side and it might have been that this preseason he might have done it, but he's just literally, it's literally never happened. Um, and I would have thought it was the one thing that would have happened if you'd have asked me this time last season. But Shakiri's never even had a look mm. left hand side. Um, it's as though he, everyone's just decided he comes in off the right onto his left. Uh, anyway, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much to Red Spare for partnering with us. But thank you very much in the room, Adam Melia, uh, Chloe Bloxham, uh, Ian Ryan, and Dan Austin. Uh, we did the business there. We didn't even have to get onto the other stuff. Sports Social Podcast Network.